0: Everybody, welcome to another edition of Keeping It Real, IGN Movies Podcast. Uh it's Jim Vedra Stacks joining us uh, joining me today, Chris Carl. how he do? And from his undisclosed secure location somewhere in the valley, Eric Morrow. <laughs> What's up guys? <laughs> Chatsworth.
1: I'll give you this much. I'm calling from Danielson's hometown,
2: Reseda
0: <laughs>
2: I love that he moved to Reseda in that movie. Exactly. I wonder if Will Smith's kid is going to also live in Reseda
0: No, isn't he supposed to be? He's supposed to be like some uh, foreign exchange kid in China.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's what that is. A water story hit. Yeah. Oh good God, y'all. All right, well also, we got a that's bunch not karate if it's in China, by the way. It's
0: yeah, that has been a matter of debate. That's been a very, very contentious subject. There was even rumors that it would be called the Kung Fu Kid. It should have been called the Kung Fu Kid. It still it rolls off the tongue. Works for me. <laughs> I mean. The Kung Fu Kid. The Kung Fu Kid. Uh sounds like an Elvis movie though. <laughs> True. <laughs> so uh let's uh, let's Dive into the Weekend Box Office, because we get a lot of uh, big movie news this week. Um,
2: we are exonerated from having to uh, admit our failures. Exactly. We, we don't have to
0: own up to a damn thing this week.
2: <laughs> because we missed a week of this podcast. So. Well,
0: I have to admit, I'm a little surprised that Date Night came in at second place to Clash of the Titans again, because Clash had a pretty significant drop. It was number one, but with $26.3 million was the final tally. Date Night, uh, which had been leading uh, part of the weekend, um, actually ended up coming in second with 25.2. Still respectable showing. And then uh, drag, uh, How to Train Your Dragon came in third with 24.9. So it was a pretty, pretty close race.
2: I haven't seen a box office divided like that in a long time where yeah. it's like less than a million po- uh, dollars separated all three of those.
0: Crazy. What do you What do you guys think though that that says about Clash of the Titans and its uh, second weekend? I think it held
2: okay. Like I, I, it held better than I thought it would. But yeah, you I'm wondering if if
1: the three D theaters kind of uh, are what helped it kind of you know stay in the lead because obviously that's a higher ticket price, right?
2: It's got to be a mix though, right? Like there's got to be theaters that are showing How to Train Your Dragon and then other theaters that are showing
0: Clash. Yeah, it seems like there would be some sort of uh, you know I can't get my kid in to see Dragon, so what the hell we'll go see Titans
2: <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah,
0: um, I think uh, I mean the the buzz on Titan, on Titans So it had been pretty toxic, which surprised me. Like I didn't hate the movie; I thought it was okay. You know, yeah. it was. F- Fun for what it was, but uh, it really seemed like a lot of the critics and even a lot of the the fanboy press just really had the knives out for it.
2: I feel like it's probably not going to get a sequel based on the numbers and the criticism. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah
1: I think I think that whole dream of doing a trilogy is is just that a dream.
2: Yeah, yeah. Do you think this hurts um, Louis Leterrier's rep at all?
0: I think it um, no, because he seems like he's such a kind of a, a studio creature. Uh, that it wouldn't really i think he's a kind of like go along to get along kind of guy and apparently there were huge reshoots and rejiggering in the film uh with his blessing that the studio wanted and it was a very uh different kind of story originally a lot more stuff with the gods a lot more intrigue that's why danny houston's been basically cut down to uh blink and you miss him kind of cameo so uh, i'm curious to see if there's going to be any sort of um director's cut dvd or like what the original version of the remake was going to be it's kind of sad to say original version of the remake <laughs> how many how many you know great gradations of losses that exactly I don't know. one point
1: yeah and i, I like him as
2: a just as a person he's a, yeah really me cool too guy. yeah he's a
1: cool guy yeah i mean i agree with you jim he he kind of he's a studio director and he kind of reminds me of francis lawrence in a lot of ways
2: oh yeah who's francis lawrence constantine uh, I am the team, legend. Do you, he,
1: I am legend, and he 's apparently the guy that warners went to for the reshoots on jonah hex
2: yeah he 's kind of got a um in my perspective he's kind of got a Brett Ratner feel to him around these days. I know that 's kind of a dirty <laughs> dirty name, but like
0: i i, I think that's like the now that 's kind of the that 's kind of the school of directors yeah, he, well he seems like he 's got a a bit more uh ingenuity to him than than a brett Ratner he seems like he I I think he's perfectly comfortable uh being um a Hollywood filmmaker who happens to be French rather than a film uh, French filmmaker in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not like uh Michel Gondry which actually leads us to a uh, a news item from this week but we'll get back to around uh, right to that news item later but let's just bear in mind Michel Gondry's experienced in Hollywood, and uh, Louis Leterrier's very different. Yes, <laughs> trying to go for that segue, segue. <laughs> um, so let's dive into the the news of the week. Let's uh,
2: do it. I, there was a little, there's a little tiny little, element, little, little tiny piece of news little, that came out this week. A
0: little something, a little something. We like to call the Avengers. I don't know. I don't know who's following that that thing. It just not seems not
2: us like, ever. Yeah,
0: not not on our radar. But we'll tell you anyways. It's uh, Joss Whedon is going to direct it, and. Uh, <laughs> and that's all the time sounded, we had for eric today that sounded more like moo than boo. <laughs> yes eric is probably our most uh vocal opponent to the idea of uh whedon directing avengers eric why don't you, why don't you tell us why that is
1: well i mean you know look I, I think the guy's a great writer don't get me wrong um you know love love buffy uh Love what he did on Astonishing X Men, and you know a lot of a lot of folks don't realize, I don't think, that he actually wrote an early draft of the first X Men movie, right? Um, that Brian Singer ended up doing, obviously. But I don't know, man. He's it, you know theatrically, he's only directed one film, and that's Firefly, and you know Avengers,
0: Serenity. Just,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm sorry. You're right, Serenity. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry Serenity, um, which was the, the Firefly movie, but you know um i don't know I, I don't think he has the chops to do this this such this huge huge marvel property you
0: know well i think he, i think he's definitely the kind of person that keeps the, the fanboys at but and eric you can speak to this too because you you know some of these guys having met the the marvel studios brass they're really nice guys but they're definitely in control you know, these are oh, their sure. properties. When you go to the sets of their movies, like, everyone defers to them, even the directors, whether it's John Favreau or Kenneth Branagh, you know, Kevin Feige and Craig Kyle, they're in charge. And people yeah. kind of, like, they, they tiptoe around them, not because, you know, out, of, out of deference, you know, not out of fear. And I can't see somebody like a adjust we didn't even though you know some of even some of his fans have said that he's caved in the past uh, i can't really see him not locking horns at some point with the marvel brass i mean it, it just seems like and also he hasn't ever worked with actors uh of that caliber no offense to the cast of of his previous works but you know samuel jackson tells the director how he's going to play it he doesn't take direction everyone knows that about him robert downey jr you know is is also another formidable presence i can't see this guy really does seem like he's kind of getting thrown into the fire head first i think he wants oh. it though yeah, i think he wants it and i think he's
2: he you know is is feeling ready for it um but i i agree with eric in that i i don't know that serenity is enough of a movie to say hey here are the keys to the kingdom yeah um but he certainly is a fanboy choice and he's he's a person that is mired in sort of comic book history and is going to be very sort of uh reverent i think of that material I, i think he's going to you know try to maintain sort of uh the integrity of that project and, and you
1: know to your to your earlier point jim about um you know you, you seeing him as a person who's probably gonna lock horns with the marble guys you know this is the same guy remember that was at one point attached to a wonder woman movie but he walked away from it because of the creative differences with joel silver so
0: right right and it's also i mean he's he, yeah he he works great with ensembles, and I think that that bodes well for Avengers, but it just seems like he it's like they're using his name, but I can't see in the end of the day that he's going to have any sort of authority I mean imagine if Edward Norton is in the movie too i mean all oh, these <laughs> all these egos all these like eight hundred pound gorillas. And yeah, you mean something to Buffy fans, but really, what does he mean to Robert Downey Jr.? I think at the end of the day, and another little bit of news about this we should mention is that uh, Whedon is rewriting the script, so I'm sure it'll it'll you know be glib in a, in a cool sort of way and all that, but um, I just I just don't know if he's gonna I I, I can foresee a story down the line where he gets replaced or there's going to be uh, editing room sort of brouhahas that spill out into the mainstream press. And yes, I said brouhaha.
2: (laughs) We'll see, we'll see. I kind of feel like he's in it. In it for the hall. I feel like he knows full well what this project's about, and sort of the contingencies that he's going into, and 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 the compromises he's going to have to make. But he also,
0: think- he used to bad mouth the the X Men movie, the first one, because they didn't use the entirety of his rewrite. You know, it's like, but but he's also the guy that gave us, you know, uh, what happens to a toad that gets struck by lightning. I mean, that was his contribution. Wow.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's depressing. He too. blames
0: Halle Berry for that, though, from what I understand, that she didn't deliver the line, right? Uh, I, don't like, I, don't know. I don't know how you
1: could and deliver the that reason, line. I'm going to be totally honest, too. Part of the reason why I think I'm so kind of anti-this is because I totally built up in my head. No other reason. I totally did this to myself. But I was trying to wish into reality a J.J. Abrams directed Avengers movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. That would have been another really awesome sort of fanboy choice, but, uh, yeah. you a lot know. Of,
0: a lot of flare, uh, lens flares. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, some other Marvel news this week there's actually two, two casting bits let's start with the, the confirmed the official news straight from Marvel Captain America has found its uh, female lead and it's uh, an actress named Haley Atwell She's an English actress, and she hasn't been in too many things that uh, perhaps a lot of our listeners would know, except for the remake of The Prisoner that was on AMC a few months ago. And she was also in The Duchess. And she's going to play Peggy Carter, who in the comics is sort of related to Sharon Carter, who was Cap's future girlfriend. She was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, yada, yada, yada. And she's also uh, in one uh, Captain America storyline Uh, You know, he comes back years later um, and sees this old lady in a nursing home, and it was his girlfriend from the war, Peggy Carter. So that would be kind of very touching if they worked that into the movie somehow. It's a little
2: crazy creepy that he's like sharon carter and peggy cartering it up
0: oh yeah he's uh, exactly
1: exactly <laughs> come I have on so man much of a problem with that i know it's like a typical comic book thing but that bugs me <laughs> yeah
0: he just he wants to make sure he gets into that gene pool that's all i'm saying <laughs> one way or another he wants <laughs> to like change desperate. that family line he's desperate <laughs> to.
2: um steve back off buddy
0: but you know i i think it's interesting you you go from uh wanting actresses of uh the name the marquee value of a of a keira knightley or an emily blunt to uh, a complete unknown now she might very well be the the best actress for this perfect and all that but um it does kind of strike you as almost sort of like a, a compromise choice like it's almost you know we're, we're getting down to it we want to save a few bucks
2: I'll say this: Nobody gives a rat's ass who is playing the female lead in this movie. You're not going to get your gr- does. You're not going to get your <laughs> girlfriend into the theater just because Keira Knightley is going to be in Captain America. You know, like Captain America is a proposition that you know, like just the very theme of it is the thing that's going to either get you into the theater or keep you from it.
0: Well, the the Marvel press release today. What's interesting is they've kind of. Uh, uh, rearranged the title a little bit, it had been The First Avenger colon Captain America. Now, at least if if Marvel's got their their press release straight, it's now Captain America colon The First, the first Avenger. Avenger. Just in case yeah, you funny, didn't know who Captain America I think America that's a better was. title. I do, too. Yeah, I noticed that, too, and
1: I thought, oh, did I mix it up in my own head? So yeah. so they did change it,
0: then. Yeah, I, I, it's, uh, it's in their press release. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll confirm it with them a little later, but it does... If it's a mistake, they should go ahead and just change the title now.
2: I kind of hated the title for X Men Origins Wolverine. I thought that was yeah, like really clunky. It's a mouthful. It's and like
0: Cirque de Freak, the Vampire's Assistant. You know, do I understand
2: on with it. why they did that. I understand it, but like with the X Men name recognition, but it just ugh, ugh. Yeah, this one is a little better to me. Captain America: First Avenger is fun.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it. It sets up the whole idea that hey, it's a prequel to the to the big team movie. So. um, Speaking of Cirque du Freak, the vampire's assistant, it was a segue without even meaning to. Oh, no. One of the actors from that movie, Josh Hutcherson, is, uh, the rumor mill says he's up for the role of Spidey in the 3D reboot. <laughs> There's yeah. <laughs> only booze coming from the phone <laughs> <laughs> and another actor and this was actually became more of a kind of a, a talked about thing online is Logan Lerman who's been mentioned before for Percy Jackson himself. Well, one site reported that he was almost 100% locked for it and then uh Deadline Hollywood who's kind of become the, the it's a site that's become really almost the new variety in a way they're kind of the gold standard for you know, a lot of the um, the trade sort of news, they're saying that he's not even on the short list. So we'll we'll see who turns out to be right. I, I'm frankly not uh, smitten with the idea of either of these two guys playing Spidey. And I've met yeah. Hutcherson, and he seems like a nice kid. He's the right age, all that. But he, to me, he seems like uh, uh, like that that douchebaggy brother from Wonder Years. I feel
2: like they're both and <laughs> not annoying, but I think they're both just kind of boring choices. Yeah. And I saw, um, you know, Percy Jackson and really, really thought it was pretty horrible. Um, and I, I just thought he was really wooden, you know? like He, 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 he struck was, me as can, that. He's not going to carry a Spider-Man movie. But he
0: was really good in 310 Yuma, though, as Christian Bale's son. So it's, I don't know, maybe it's a material thing? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it could be. I
2: mean, it's, it's like I don't think there was much good going on in Percy Jackson all the way around, but... Uh, but, you know, the other kid, I don't know. Neither of these guys get me excited.
0: Yeah, I, I can't really think of any teen actors that would be great for Spider-Man. Eric, I, do you have any thoughts about it?
2: I honestly, I, I'm probably going to get mad crazy ass for this. <laughs> but uh, I actually think Zach Efron would work out. <laughs> You're done. I'm hanging up on you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm... Well, Oh, no. On your earlier point, Chris, I'm with you. Like, both of these choices, to me, seem kind of bland and, bo- and boring. Um, but I also agree with Jim. Like, I can't I, – honestly, I can't really see a – a, a, a teenage actor doesn't pop to mind for that role. Like for I me, like I just want to, like to see the uh, Joseph gordon levitt of the world or something like
0: that. Yeah, like or, or you know, I, I can't think of anybody today that would be kind of like this, but you know, kind of like a Matthew Broderick type, like a you know somebody of the, the Ferris Bueller period. You know, unknown. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, nobody on the street's going to know either of these two guys. Anyways, I mean, we know who they are from from covering their films. But you know, if I if I wasn't in this industry, I wouldn't say, "Oh, Josh Hutcherson." Yeah, I know. But cast the net wide is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you
2: know, let's find somebody that actually embodies everything that Spidey is, rather than saying this girl looks about right. Yeah, I just I don't. I don't want. You know. I. I didn't like the casting of Tobey Maguire. I thought he was a little like droopy-eyed and lazy and mush-mouthed to be Spider-Man. You know. <laughs>
0: Look, you got to stop holding back, man. I hate when you're big. <laughs> it's so coy. I just, I don't. Yeah,
2: I was my my choice, and you know, you guys can disagree on this. I thought Wes Bentley would be a really excellent um, Spider-Man because he was actually he like, would have
0: hacked up Aunt May with a cleaver. He was like,
2: nah, he didn't. Wasn't so whimsical like Toby McGuire is, but he had the intensity for Spider-Man himself.
0: Um, yeah, he, like to me, I think there's maybe there's all uh, maybe it's just depending on what era of. Uh, of spider-man that you know you read i i haven't i'm not as familiar with the ultimate spider-man which i understand that the movie will be drawing more from but you know i read a lot of the spider-man stuff when he had gotten out of high school but he was kind of a college student Mm -hmm. more of that 70s 80s stuff and so my idea of spider-man is always a guy kind of more probably uh, closer to mcguire's age when he started spider-man i mean the to me the high school spider-man i can only think of the steve ditko version mm-hmm. in which case you really need to get you know somebody who almost looks like christopher mintz plass at that point you know <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's funny it's,
2: i was gonna say his name and then i was like i it's just, just listen to him behind the it's, mask it's all of a just sudden. not fair no i'm, I'm not going to i wasn't gonna say like <laughs> he should really be spider-man because i don't he think does. he should be but you know I will say he's awesome in kick ass. I will say that
0: it's about the kid from kick ass is already kick ass. He was looking good for him.
2: I was actually thinking about that too. Like he would have been a pretty decent Spider Man. Uh-huh. He even has that sort of like tone to him. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's why yeah. he was casting kick ass, honestly. I think yeah. I think he was casting kick ass to, to kind of like throw back you know, at least in sort of spirit to Peter Parker.
0: Who's the kid who starred in superhero movie? Maybe they can get him for Spider Man. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I don't know. So uh, uh, if if West Bentley were cast as a uh, Spider-Man of the day, like the movie would have ended with the shot of Spider-Man like swinging through the city, and then the, the camera would have panned and followed like a, a plastic bag.
2: <laughs> just through so beautiful. Anytime I see a plastic bag just swirling around in the wind, I say it's so beautiful. And
0: all I can think of is that line from Family Guy where God yells down at them, "Do you have any idea how complicated the human circuitry system is?" <laughs>
2: um good times but no
0: you know there's a there's an actor his name is uh oh god it's escaping uh, carrot top. uh escaping me right now it's joe cross joseph cross he's in flags of our fathers he was in running with scissors he was the the main kid in that and uh he was in milk um he kind of looks like uh a kid who's on glee but he he I think he would be kind of an interesting choice for for Spider Man because he's he he kind of looks like uh, Sean Ashmore who played Iceman in the X Men movies, hmm. mm. and uh, he's uh, you know he's a he's a good actor he's been he's got some dramatic cred to him, uh, but yeah we'll see we'll see who who gets it I just think it's a mistake to go back to high school
2: Taylor Lautner
0: Robert Pattinson
2: <laughs> Jeez. I'm just How about kidding about kid from Zombieland.
0: Oh yeah, Jesse Eisenberg. No, Jesse he's, Eisenberg he's, yeah. he's too dweeby. But see, like I, at a certain point, Seriously, when did when did, become, uh, when did Peter Parker go from being he was kind of a dweeb in high school, and then he became sort of cooler? I guess once he got into his twenties. Like what? You know, I'm trying to figure out at what point uh, did Spider-Man, did Peter Parker, become? normal you just have to have that guy who can walk both lines
2: so you need to have that guy that is not going to um he's going to be able to be the cool spider-man and the geeky kid too at the same time you
0: need like young john cusack
2: yeah i don't even know about that i mean it's funny because if you go back and look at all the actors in history who you could have potentially you know had spider-man it's such a weird in blend history, of traits like Wall- wallace beery no no the, anybody <laughs> anybody from like the realm of history that could have potentially paid spider-man it's really not a very long list of actors that you could look at and be like hmm, yeah that would have been good
0: you know i remember way back in the day fanboys really wanted uh, nicholas brendan from buffy oh yeah you know i mean I'll he love. looks kind of like the way they do yeah what about you eric who'd, who'd you always want for this role
1: You know That's a hard one Because I was a big fan Of the comic book too um, But like My only Live action Kind of image Of him Was was always that actor From You remember that
0: 70's TV uh, movie They did Oh Nicholas Hammond It's amazing (laughs) that you knew that guy's name. Josh Hutcherson actually looks something like him in the photo that I put up yesterday to go with the news story. Uh, He's in this movie called The Kids Are All Right, and he has kind of a Nicholas Hammond esque hairdo in it. And with the jaw and everything, I'm like, my God. It's the 70s TV show. It's Nicholas Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, all right, well, moving on from Spider Man, because, you know, it's that, like a rumor a day now with Marvel movies. Yeah. It's getting a little ridiculous. Um, earlier, we talked about Louis Leterrier. Right, French filmmaker in Hollywood as opposed to... Uh, you know a, a, a Hollywood filmmaker who happens to be French as opposed to a French filmmaker in Hollywood. Well, Michel Gondry is directing the, the Green Hornet movie. And there's a rumor online which Sony has issued a denial to us about, but what else are they going to do? Saying that Sony Brass is not happy with Gondry's film, that they think it's too campy, that they don't buy Seth Rogen as, uh, as a superhero. Um... It's kind of begs the question: for that, right? Why the hell did you not pull the plug on this thing a hundred times when you had the chance? Yeah, you know, and you knew you hired Seth Rogen to not only star to to write the movie as well. Um, He's been promoting this movie for already over a year. Yeah, it's the, been going
2: on almost three years. Yeah, I so, know it's been so he. You know, he was at Comic Con last year. You know, and and talking about this movie. So it's I don't know, man. I I've kind of always felt like this particular uh, movie was fraught with peril. You know, it like always the, seemed kind of doomed. There's yeah. a lot of there were a lot of changes made, and uh, you know, there were enough questions in everybody's mind. Like, oh, how's Michelle Gondry going to handle this? Well, Is Seth Rogen going to hear her? You
0: know, I did a set visit for it, and they showed us a sizzle reel, and it allayed a lot of my fears. But it. it looked cool. It sizzled. It. I can't say it sizzled, but it definitely crackled.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like the base bacon before
0: it gets crisp. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it looked cool. And, and um, I guess I don't really see how, if the studio is that aware of it, why did you hire Michelle Gondry? Why did you okay Seth Rogen? You had a million chances to put the, the, the brakes on this thing. Why you know, try to do, do something to it now?
2: Do you think it's just everybody is desperate for franchises at this point, and and yeah. the the superhero the superhero properties are diminishing?
0: Yeah, I think they. I, I I don't see Green Hornet as necessarily being a franchise starter. It's to me, it's the without a clue of superhero movies. <laughs> you know, like the the Sherlock Holmes comedy. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm curious, but it looked good from what I saw. But who knows? Maybe uh, you know in. in it might be one of those parts are greater than the whole kind of thing. But
2: well, it's also it could be one of those things that it's like Gondry doesn't have an interesting take on this. You know, I I, yeah. I personally thought that Be Kind Rewind was horrible, and uh, you know, I I love his other movies, but I, I don't know if I would just toss the keys over to Gondry and be like, hey, this is your movie, let's let's roll with it. Yeah. So I don't know. It, you know, it's it kind of reminds me of where the wild things are, though with yeah. with uh, spike jones yeah. all those rum- all those rumors and you know like I- I don't know. in the in the end, I didn't really end up caring for that movie that much. Um, but maybe it's a take like that, so it might be like a really polarizing force. And for, and for something like a, a comic book movie, a big time comic book movie that you're sinking all kinds of money in, and are, it's it's trying to serve like as a it's Especially one tank that pole, nobody
0: knows really. Holy about.
2: crap, that's a big gamble.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing now. Like, if you're gonna, one thing playing the craps table is, has taught me, Chris Carl, it's, <laughs> you can't, you don't play scared. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna. Say,
1: let me, ask, let me ask you this, guys. I was just going to – sorry to interrupt you, Chris, but real quick. I mean, we're so in the know, you know, because we, we cover this stuff every day. Like, do you think this, this kind of, I guess, negative feedback is filtering out to the masses? No. Do you think
2: they're even aware of it? I don't think they're even aware of this movie yet. I don't think they know who the
0: hell Green Hornet is.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm personally, I personally kind of feel like this movie is fl- flown under the radar the whole time. Like, there's no buzz for it in the mainstream. Ah, pun. And, oh, ow. <laughs>
0: um,
2: I was going to say this really puts a lot more pressure on Smurfs to perform.
0: Well, <laughs> if,
2: if if this if this comes out and you know it, it well, it, Sony is also. I mean, well. they're,
0: they're up Spider-Man again. I I think maybe they're just. <laughs> they're doubling down on, on their comic book smurfs
2: clips. is the savior
0: well i have two more uh bits of green comic book movie news oh snap first green lantern rumor yeah. is that the uh costume is going to be uh completely cg i thought that was more than a rumor at this point i think didn't somebody yeah, come actually,
2: out and actually
1: confirm it i think the latest is that yeah jeff johns confirmed it on his twitter feed i think
0: i feel like that's awesome yeah he's just wearing a motion capture suit and my my, my take on
2: it is in the comics it's made that it's it's not like a physical property anyway right so uh, it's okay it's okay with me
0: I mean it kind of works too if you're you're kind of joining an intergalactic kind of core. You know, you you, you what? Why just you know? Do they hand you a green leotard when you join up? <laughs> we came all the way to your planet here. Wear tights. <laughs> and a awesome. ring. Yeah. That's you what look, they did in the fifties. You look smashing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like it because
1: they'll probably do what they've been doing in the uh, in the comics recently. And by recently, I mean like the past I don't know, like year or two, where they have like extended the Green Lantern. Uh, icon they, that's on his chest. There's kind of like a 3D version that, that sticks out a little bit from the suit. and yeah, I think they'll be able to do all these kind of little flourishes that they do on the comic and, and integrate them into the live-action version.
0: Yeah, and they can also tweak the costume, too. Like, if it just looks, oh, no, it's stupid in the first pass, I guess they could go back in and, you know... Or maybe he'll have multiple suits, you know? It's not like... okay, It's not like Daredevil where... I'm sorry, but we're stuck with Ben in red leather for the whole movie. (laughs) If he really is in just a motion capture suit, then, you know, you could be. You know, almost to the wire, and you could tweak that costume and make it look cool. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, one other Green comic book movie news bit.
2: That is a really that. By the way, let me point out that's a, that's a really far stretch for a segue. Dude,
0: I'm trying. <laughs> I'm I'm throwing them out there. I set them up. You knock them down. All right? <laughs> I just no,
2: I just knocked it down.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Swamp Thing. Might that movie uh, might happen? It might be in 3D, and the director uh, he's Green. Okay. Okay, <laughs> that's why I was going for. It. And uh, Vincenzo Natale, who's the director of Splice and Cube, uh, might direct it for Joel Silver. What do you guys think about another Swamp Thing movie? And this one played uh, more like the Alan Moore comics. I feel like that's a tough. It's a tough sell. Um, Could one it be thing DC's Green Hornet?
2: No, I mean, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, well, and and honestly, we don't know enough about Green Hornet. You know, we're just hearing rumors, right? So, like, we don't know if that's really the case or not. Um, But, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it could be cool if it's like the Alan Moore story, but...
1: Yeah, that's what's got me kind of hoping for it, uh, is that the director actually called called those stories out and specifically referred to the fact that he wants his version to be like those, you know. Um, so if it's like that, it could be cool.
0: Hey, uh, I forgot one one thing about the Green Lantern movie. Um, John Tenney has revealed that he's going to play Hal Jordan's dad. And uh, John Tenney, I believe, he was in on Desperate Housewives and and he was he's in The Stepfather and all that. But the point of bringing this up is that why does every superhero movie have to have a dad character in there? Like, okay, Batman begins, brings in Bruce Wayne's dad. It works for that because his murder helps make the man who he is. Green Hornet, Tom Wilkinson is gonna be the Green Hornet's dad. Uh Superman and Jorell, they they, you know, milk that thing for Thor. almost all the movies. Thor and Odin, um even Peter Parker and Uncle Ben, I mean, I get it for the first movie, but they kept bringing in the flashbacks for the other two or talking to his ghost or whatever the hell was going on. Um, you know, is 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 it just a staple now of all comic book movies that they, there has to be daddy issues?
2: I think what it is is that... Um, these directors are trying to take every hero and put them into human light,
0: right? So, or the Joseph Campbell thing. Yeah. So sense. the
2: easiest way to do that is to is to like explain their history, and usually that involves parents and what are the reasons that you would potentially don a suit and go out and 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 you know, take to father the father
0: Was a cross <laughs> <laughs> Well,
2: I mean, even in Kickass, you know, well, no,
1: isn't it like in Hal Jordan's instance? I mean, it all boils down to the theme of the of the hero, right? So in the case of Green Lantern, I, I think, isn't it like a, similar to Daredevil? It's like a man with no fear, basically. And Hal's issue is that, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't read the comics, his dad was a pilot who died in this horrific uh, plane crash that Hal actually witnessed as a kid. So that always Thanks, stuck man. with him. And he had to overcome <laughs> that in order to become the, the greatest Green Lantern that ever lived, kind of thing.
2: wait.
0: There's debate on that point. I, I just hope Alan Scott is in the Green Lantern movie. That would be great. I always like the I always like the look of the old Green Lantern, the blonde guy with the red suit and the green cape. That to me was cool. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Wow, you would like that. I I you know like you. The, the same guy who likes Lone Ranger. <laughs> Dude, well, you know it's funny. We were talking last week about um, uh, you know. Talking yourself into liking something, you know, we do. We we talk about this a lot, you know, like talking about setting your expectations for things, talking about, um, you know, something in in order to like it, you know, t- talking yourself into something. So this guy on, uh, um, his name is, Fred Mania eighty five. He explains this <laughs> in the comments, he. in a in a note personally addressed to me. He said, you said you were interested in psychology behind fooling yourself to like something. It, ex- it can be explained with the theory of cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance exists when you hold two contradictory ideas simultaneously. Simultaneously, e.g. liking a movie but knowing it is objectively bad. The, st- the theory states that when confronted with this feeling, you change whichever idea is more easily changed in order to-, order to reach a balance. A usual example is that people tend to remember fewer bad decisions than good because changing the memory is easier than changing the perception of yourself as smart. So,
0: Thanks for copying and pasting that from Wikipedia, Fred.
2: That was awesome, actually. <laughs> um, but... Uh, so thanks for that fredmania 85. I you know, it didn't even occur to me that that was like
0: Mania for his middle name he seems <laughs> to know a lot about psychological. It,
2: it didn't it didn't even occur to me that that was uh, that was the, the the kind of thing going on, but you know, I've taken the I've taken a couple of psychology courses and that <laughs> that seems to fit. But here he says, he asks a question of us. Um, by the way, what's your opinion on Mark Miller's Red Sun as a possible Superman Batman movie? Soviet Superman can't go wrong. Do you think we'll ever love see a Superman-Batman Superman, Superman Batman movie? No, I love the Red Sun storyline, so I think that'd be an awesome movie, dude.
0: I think that'd be a good thing for them to poach from for, like, let's say a villain goes back in time in an attempt to try to destroy Superman, and instead he just changes the course of history. Superman still comes to Earth, but he becomes a bad guy. You know, I mean, I, I can't see them ever doing that for a movie, but it'd be a lot more interesting plot than trying to you know, create real estate out of the middle of the ocean. Yeah. You know, like DC can do that where, you know, they've done it with the Batman movies where you kind of, you poach from these works for hire essentially, uh, from their comic book lines. And, um, and you you use them as the basis for elements of your of your your film stories, and uh, yeah, I think Red Sun would actually be really interesting. Then there was also the one where uh, Superman grew up in Britain, remember? And Mom Pa Kent had really bad teeth and jug <laughs> ears and stuff. Oh, we
2: apologize and he, and profusely used, to hey, our UK hey, listeners. That
0: was John Burns doing, not mine. I like that you noticed it, though. Oh, oh, dude, you could not not notice. It, huh? <laughs> um, well,
1: you know. What? You know, it's funny, Jim. I normally, I I have these little bits saved on the computer there when I'm in the office, but it's funny. I actually happened to have on my cell phone a clip of a conversation I had with Chris Carl last week (laughs) about DC Comics. Okay. Let me play it real quick. Hold on a second. Hey, Eric, this is Chris Carl, and I love DC Comics. They have it Chris is a huge fan of anything DC Comics.
0: Especially awesome The
2: Flash. <laughs> that is shocking. That, that it's shocking <laughs> that you recorded the one time I said that.
0: <laughs> he's wearing a wire. He's constantly... He's like Donnie Brasco. He's got it hidden in his boot.
2: By the way, we have to stop. We have to talk about... When you get back to the office, we have to talk about you following me around with recording equipment everywhere. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey, you know
0: what? If you don't mind,
1: I'm going to jump in real
2: quick with... Um, uh, a, a reader letter
1: just to stay on the DC comic tip, real quick. Okay. And maybe we can address it. Uh, Armin S. Uh, wrote to us. He said, Hey, guys, just want to say I'm a huge fan of the podcast and a huge comic book fan. I read more comics than anything else, but my favorite hero is nowhere near a film. He was close to TV series, but nothing else. Um, and he says, Please don't make fun of me for this. I've got my reasons, but it's Aquaman.
0: Where is my damn damn Aquaman film? Any news? Anything? I think there's a logistical reason more than just like, I mean, I think any character can be made cool. I'm not of the opinion that, you know, some of them are just too inherently stupid to work. You might have to massively uh, alter things about them. But I think Aquaman could, I think it could work. I think a, a Namor, Samaritan movie would work better. But I think the problem with Aquaman is two things. The effects water effects still don 't look good c g water they 're not quite there yet. I just did a set visit actually an edit bay visit for the last airbender and um, you know the the characters in those movies control the elements of fire, water, and air and um, the and this is at ilm you know the granddaddy of all great special effects, and they 're still. Nervous that they haven't nailed the water Effects for this movie it looked Good but it still looks like animated water Also shooting on anything live action on on real water is a notorious nightmare just look at anything from uh water world to master and commander everything that between lighting changes and just the logistics of shooting on the sea so i think there's just a lot of practical considerations for why an aquaman movie simply hasn't happened it would be very expensive and i don't know if the technology is quite there yet you maybe you could do it a la avatar and just create a completely cg environment but still the cg for water the basic elements like fire it's just it's not they're not quite there yet
2: i think another reason for nervousness is that character is a punchline you know from entourage yeah. yeah you know it's not and entourage didn't help it any but i think before then you know Aquaman was always like in Super Friends. He always had to like go near water so he could contribute. Um,
0: I mean, he he hung out with a seahorse. You know, I mean, yeah.
2: So I mean. Yeah, I do agree with you, Jim, that any story could be made into something that people care about. Um, but the like budget Hawkman. concerns, I, th- I think they're going to tear through every other superhero before they get to Aquaman. There probably will, at one point in time, be an Aquaman movie. But the other thing going against it is the failed TV pilot.
0: Yeah, which, you know, wasn't god awful, but yeah. What you, what'd you guys think of that pilot, anyways? I actually never watched it. It's on ML- yeah. YouTube, right? I haven't seen it either, but, you
1: know, I think it's on... I want to catch it because I believe
2: it's on... It's on
0: iTunes. ...one of the
1: recently released um, directed DVD animated movies they did.
0: Oh, oh yeah. right. It is. Yeah, I have it from so, iTunes. It was only like a buck to buy. Yeah. It was okay. So I, mean, I haven't it was watched a, it. It's the kid who plays Green Arrow on Smallville. Now, they're, you know, they, they were able to make Green Arrow cool. Yeah. You know, we're all yeah. Ish.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I feel like any sort of, you know, archer type character, Green Arrow or Hawkeye, you know, it's difficult to make them like as cool as some of the other superheroes. Not necessarily saying that they <laughs> basically aren't cool. you
0: have to make them like Rambo in First Blood with a crossbow and just, you know, badass like that.
2: Well I'm gonna say it, but I think Ryan Reynolds character in Blade was uh was a pretty cool cool cat. And yeah. uh and Blade Three I should say. And uh, you know. So maybe it can work. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, for Aquaman, I think uh, I think it's gonna be some time.
0: Um, let's move on to uh, some uh, some game to, to film news. Uh, Bioshock movie still on hold. Uh, the director uh, Juan Carlos uh, Fresnadillo. Did I? Does anybody think I said that right? Does anybody think I said that right? Sounds right to me. Uh Fred Mania, if you have an opinion on this, if you know if <laughs> I have some psychological reason for not being able to say that right, let me know. <laughs> Fred Mania 85. <laughs> but uh, The BioShock moves on whole while the director does uh, um a thriller in Spain uh with Clive Owen the Movies called Intruders. Do you think is that bode ill or okay for the Bioshock movie. I mean, getting delayed at least another year. Shouldn't they with Prince of Persia? Uh, uh, com- Persia. That's my Boston coming up. Prince of Persia coming up. Shouldn't they kind of strike while maybe games to film seem well, viable and big? I don't think games to film is is
2: going away because the Bioshock is a known quantity and and all that. I feel like the window for that movie is missed a little bit by not timing it to bioshock 2 you know like it's 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 extending it out another year is gonna be like oh you know like there's a little little fade on that but my my main concern is that it just is not gonna get made it's gonna be one of these projects that now that that it got pushed it's gonna be you know let's let's see how this smells like halo again yeah yeah, it seems like oh, let's see how this does, or you know, oh, uh, you know, I bet it changes directors again.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean that's the thing. Like, if the guy's going to go off, spend a year working on another film, I mean that's an eternity in Hollywood. A lot of things could happen between uh, there. Could be a regime change at the studio. There could be you know you yeah, don't know lots of stuff.
2: I'm, I was sad when Gore Verbinski left the project, I I thought that that would have been... He would have actually... I was really excited about that when that happened, and then I'm kind of like... Well, Maybe he'll come back on now. Maybe
0: maybe this is a pretense for this kind of walk away from Is he directing Pirates 4? No, Rob Marshall is. Okay. Um, uh, Some other game-to-film news. Battleship. The guy who played Gambit, uh, uh, Taylor Kitsch, is going to be the uh, hero, the captain, in the Battleship movie. And Tom Arnold is also going to be in the battleship movie, just uh, so we get that that McHale's Navy kind of tie-in that we wanted.
2: I kind of love Tom Arnold actually. <laughs> I, like he's he's been in like i a, a huge True Lies fan, and uh, <laughs> I, I I feel like he hasn't really um, been used properly in movies for a while. <laughs> He was in that DMX stuff, you know. He was
0: was good in his one scene in Austin Powers. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Who does number two work for? Uh, I'm actually looking. I know.
1: I know that I'm kind of the butt of, of jokes for this, but I'm actually looking forward to this battleship movie. Well,
0: uh, l- let's let's give the the listeners a little background on it. It's actually going to be a sci-fi film involving aliens who live under the water and a U.S. naval force that has to basically lock horns with them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So if that basically, makes it Transformers <laughs> on the water. Here we go with another on the water movie. Let's see how this will turn out. But uh, yeah. what do you guys think about uh, you know the infusion of sci-fi aliens with uh, with a game property that, to my knowledge, it never it never went into that genre, did it?
1: I, it actually did. I think they released um, not too long ago a version of the game called Battleship Galaxies, and it took place in space. I mean, it was the same basic principle of the game, but it, it, it takes place in space.
0: But it's one thing to set it in space and just go full on sci-fi. It's another thing to to put aliens in the water. I mean, it's, I, I guess it depends on what the aliens look like. If they look like the Cloverfield monster, that could be kind of interesting, but then it's Godzilla.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I personally don't like that. It's just got a sci-fi element. I don't, I don't know. It, it's it got good people working on it, but uh, I'm not yeah. So yeah, I
1: mean, he, he interesting kind of note that I didn't know. Um, So Peter Berg is directing the movie, right? Mm -hmm. And he is a huge huge naval buff i mean i think his father was like a naval historian or something like
0: that oh yeah yeah yeah
1: so i actually like universal back back when the the news leaked about this whole sci-fi element uh the studio tried to do kind of a damage control campaign and they brought you know some press out onto an actual active battleship down in san diego and peter berg walked us around I, i got to join that that group and it was just amazing at how knowledgeable and kind of how respectful he was. He's actually um, been
2: involved in some naval skirmishes with uh, extraterrestrials, so that's cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I don't know about that, dude, but I, I, I can just say, at the very least, that uh, the the real world stuff, the naval U.S. Navy stuff, is going to be handled well. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I think that there's going to be. Uh, it'll be an interesting. Concept. I, 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 really. I'm, I'm pulling for Peter Berg because I like him. I've, I've had the opportunity to interview him for the Kingdom, and he's a really sharp guy. And any guy that can start in shocker and then go on and make the rundown. I mean, come on. He, he's okay in my book. Um. So I, I I'm hoping that this movie will be a success for No other reason than I'd like to see him. Sort of. You know, we, we don't have many john mctiernan types these days guys that can do character-driven action films and i think this guy could could be that um you know uh hopefully it won't uh it won't fail maybe i i i think a lot of it will come down to what the nature of the alien threat is what they look like they could look really cool maybe uh maybe they're just ships underwater kind of a la you know like if they come out of the water like um say war of the worlds kind of thing i don't know um in related sci fi news I feel like then don 't call it battleship, you know
2: well like, it would be better merchandising if, yeah I know.
0: you know there 's actually uh, i think it 's i think it 's neil moritz the uh, the producer of Green Hornet and Stealth and all these other things um, i don 't know if this was just something anecdotal that was told me or if this was an article I read, but the guy has a bunch of projects in development, and one of them is just called Skyscraper, <laughs> and he 's like he said that. Uh, you have to have, basically, you have to have a one word or a very simple title that tells you everything you need to know about that movie in order to sell that movie. And I think Battleship, I mean, it's, it tells you pretty much what you need to know. Um, you know, uh, a Skyscraper, I liked it better when it was called Towering Inferno. Uh, I, you know? I'm going to make a movie called Bear. <laughs> Wasn't it the Edge? Wasn't it Mammoth's pitch for the Edge? Was it's uh, it's it's two guys and a bear? I'm gonna Ooh. kill them. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. some uh, some related uh, sci-fi news, and this is our last news topic for the day. Uh, Riddick Three, according to Vin Diesel, Riddick himself, it's now going to be called Dead Man Stalking. Uh, like I'm stalking prey. Uh, and, uh, that's so
2: bad, man. That like, sounds like silk stockings at all, like <laughs> horrible, like, late night CBS kind cheesy of cheesy boom fest that was.
0: But it, there's a there's a review online of the script, and they said it's it's the road warrior to pitch blacks Mad Max, and mm-hmm. it's it's uh, much more kind of scaled down version from what chronicles of Riddick. Which had envisioned a more epic kind of future for that character, and and Diesel has said that they're getting back to basics. That uh, Riddick's going to go back to just being the the biggest a hole in the galaxy, and more killing people, and 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 all that sort of thing. So, what do you guys think? Do we need even need a third Riddick?
2: We don't need it, but we're going to get
0: it. <laughs> That's my <laughs> just opinion. Just like that fifth Fast and the Furious movie. Well. I need that. <laughs> what about you, Eric?
1: I, you know, I just, I have issues with, um, I forget who said it. I, 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 you know, God, we're going back like eight years now. I took a, a comic book writing class at the UCLA Extension, you know, because I was way into it. And we had a guest speaker from the industry come in, and he was talking about titles that have villains as their main characters, so, and why they don't work. So like, why, you know, they tried to spin the Joker off into his own ongoing series and eventually it didn't work because he was a villain. I mean, it didn't last. Same thing with Venom. Those books don't last, you know, until they turned him into kind of an anti-hero. So that's... My argument with Ruffek—I mean, you had to kind of make him somewhat heroic in order to root for him uh, in these films. That if you're going to try and make him the bad guy again, I, mean, I just don't see how that can work as a movie. You
0: Did Doctor Doom have his own series at yeah. one oh, point? Oh, he had like one shots. Yeah, yeah. he's had yeah. like. You, Doom. Do you know who could work? I think uh, because I mean, Catwoman's got her own series, but she can she can go either way. Hey, I don't mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like somebody like. Two Face could kind of be an interesting guy to have his own series because it is all about a flip of a coin. Is he gonna be a hero this in this issue or a villain? You know? Yeah. And I, I think he would be kind of an interesting guy to build a um a series around just because to me he wasn't yeah, he was a villain, but he was more of a, a fallen angel. You yeah. know? Like he was a good guy that just life screwed over.
2: I feel like the coin flip thing makes him too arbitrary though. Well, that's the nature of his character. I know, but that's... Do you want to really go watch a character is that schizophrenic?
0: Like, Yes.
1: Jim, <laughs> I like it, and I'm going to pitch it to DC Comics this weekend at C2E2. Actually, wow, hey, yeah.
0: uh, Eric, didn't you have a little bit of tape about Chris Carl talking about Two-Face recently? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let me see if I can find it in my phone. Okay. Here, here it is, real quick. Hey, guys, this is Chris Carl, and I really love Two-Face
2: as a character. I hope he gets his own book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I'm so, always, yeah, I always was
2: refuting was... myself.
0: I knew, I knew it would come back to me. I knew we had it somewhere. Uh, All right. Well, we have, our... uh, Chris, do you want to tell us what's uh, what's opening this week? Uh,
2: a little movie called Kick Ass. Yeah, and then uh, and then we've got uh, Death at a Funeral, which is. Um,
0: a remake of a movie that came out two years ago, and directed by Neil Butte. So. Neil Butte, who's actually a, a, an excellent playwright. I went to see one of his plays recently. How 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 well do you think uh, Kick Ass is going to do this weekend?
2: I personally think it's going to do between forty and forty-five. I think it's going to open big.
0: Okay, uh, Eric. Uh,
1: I'm going to say I'm going to say thirty-eight.
2: Okay. Wow, that's a huge differentiation from what I said. We're not playing crisis well, right. I, just, you know, <laughs> I am. <laughs>
1: I, you know, it's it's we love the movie obviously and, and and it's it's right up our alley. I'm just wondering how mainstream it's gonna be. I'm gonna
2: make a double prediction here. I think it's going to hold very, very strong in its second week. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's gonna have good word of mouth, that's for sure. I definitely think so. But I'm I think the marketing sick.
2: has been really good and everybody I know is actually interested
0: in seeing it, so I'm gonna say Thirty-seven million dollars—a <laughs> very specific number. Wow. So wait, wait. How much did Titans open? It was like fifty-two or something, or sixty, or um, it was like decent but not great. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see, I could see it opening in the thirty to forty range. Yeah. Like, you know I, what? I'm no, I'm going to say forty-seven million dollars. <laughs> that's that's my guess. Wow.
2: So You're going to beat us all now because we're playing prices right. Yeah. And then what? I mean, Death at a Funeral's got uh, Chris Rock and Martin Lawrence together for the first time. Do you think that's um, you know, got a shot in the theater? Do you think it's gotten good promotion?
0: I, I think I think it'll it'll sneak up on people. I think it'll open uh, third, probably with um, I'm going to say like 19. I think it's got you know a hell of a cast in there. I just think it's it's one of those things where it's um, you know. I the mo- the original movie, only came out a few years ago, and and I don't know if the premise of a bunch of people getting together at a funeral is necessarily a strong enough thing for a comedy of of that kind of um, even with that kind of star power. Yeah. Well, uh, Eric, any final thoughts on Death at the Funeral?
1: No, I mean I, I kind of agree with you. I think yeah, I, I'm I'm anticipating maybe like a third place. Uh, open i'm not even going to attach a dollar value to it i you know out here i don't feel like it's been um marketed very well but again you know we're such a different animal here on the west coast like who knows and maybe they may be marketing the hell out of it you know in the midwest or back east so. yeah
0: yeah i mean that's that's entirely possible all right well i think we're uh I think we're about done for this edition of Keeping It Real. Uh, we'll be back at you next week. Where we'll be talking about how Kick-Ass went over, and uh, maybe we'll even have a new Spider-Man by then. So, uh, all right, guys, we'll see you all next time.